May I ask you, what is the greatest accomplishment that you ever achieved? Uh, what is something that you remember about your life that has brought you a lot of uh, hope, uh, uh, that has brought you a lot of joy or even pride? Um, chances are that whatever we achieved, whatever we won, whatever trophy we received, um, whatever degree we received, chances are there are people there who influenced us, who motivated us, who poured into us. Um, a river never rises above its source. And so for us who have achieved, whether we won a title or we graduated from college or uh, maybe we won some award, uh, just like a river, we never rise above its source. Um, every day I drive home from the river road and I see the Maumee River, and the Maumee River rises and falls. There's a lot of rain. There's a lot of tributaries that dump into it. The river rises. If there's not a whole lot of rain, there's no tributaries. Uh, the river is being drained out and it lowers. And the same is true for us. We rise only from our sources. If we've achieved much, chances are there's people who've invested in our lives, there's people who've assisted us, given us their time and their resources and their prayers. You ever been in charge of leading people? <laughs> you know what that's like? You ever try to keep everybody happy? You know what that's like? Well, imagine close to a million people and Moses was overseeing this, this flock of God's people as they exodused out of um, Egypt, a land of slavery to a land of freedom, and Moses was getting exhausted. There's a lot of complainers and not a lot of praises, people who praised him, and he was being worn out. Can you relate to that? And so, yeah, we can relate to that. So, so Moses prayed to God and said, God, I can't handle this anymore. So God gave Moses 70 leaders, and, and God even told us, pick, pick out these 70 men from you who believe that they'll lead you. And then, then God did this. God took part of the spirit that was on Moses because Moses didn't lead them by himself. Uh, he was a river who, wrote, who rose high uh, because of what God gave him. And God said, I'm going to take that same spirit that I put on you, I'm going to put on these 70 men, and I'm going to lift them up. I'm, I'm going to lift up their river. I'm going to throw more. I'm going to throw more water. I'm going to add some more tributaries. I'm going to lift them up. And they assisted Moses, and, and they set a pattern for God's people as he prepared for Christ. Because the river never rises above its source. So here's Moses and the 70 leaders, and they were lifted up by God. Uh, if, if you know much about me, you know I'm a, a history buff. And in World War II in 1942, General MacArthur and the American army was forced out of the Philippines. And MacArthur made the famous words, I shall return. And 75,000 American prisoners were marched to various prison camps in, in um, the Philippines. And under starvation and brutality, one of every 20 uh, American soldiers died, hence it was called the Death March. And they, nearly six or 7,000 American prisoners ended up in a Capitan um, prison camp in the Philippines, and there they were undernourished, and about two or three dozen men died every day. And, and part of what the American soldiers did was bury their comrades, and that was life. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of food in the first place, a lot of disease, uh, a lot of sickness, a lot of illness, and a lot, of, a lot of suffering. But what the Americans didn't do is they didn't have a, a victim mentality. They didn't, they didn't have a pity me mentality. But the American soldiers there with the officers there and some of the leaders there, they began to lift each other up. And during that prison um, camp, uh, they had Bible studies. And there were chaplains there who held Bible studies during the day, and that helped motivate the men under that harsh condition. Uh, they even created their own university. There's a number of professors there and officers there who gave history lessons and science lessons and biology lessons and astronomy lessons. They began to lift up the soldiers living in that poverty in really that stricken environment. Uh, they taught others how to disinfect their clothes. 
because lice and, and, uh, and diseases uh, was, was such a part of their camp, and to disinfect their clothes. And what they noticed is that the number of deaths began to fall, and men began to become healthier. And this is what the American soldiers did for each other. It was more than a lecture, but they actually began to lift each other up. What else did they do? Well, they learned how to deal with difficult guards. Some guards were more lenient, some guards were, were harsher to American soldiers, and they learned how to deal with them effectively. And they taught younger soldiers, this is what you did. And they safely expanded the calorie intake, and, and many American soldiers lost uh, unhealthy amount of weight, but this is what they can do to ex expand their calorie intake and remain healthy to avoid disease. And they had, a, they had their a Navy bell, and the Japanese guards allowed them to ring it every 30 minutes, just as if they were in the Navy, and that sort of gave everybody hope. They put the small men in teams where they cared for each other, but they began to just not say we need to be tougher. They began to lift each other up because once again, a river never rises what? Above its source. Rivers don't rise above their sources. And so every soldier was lifted up there. They became a better person. The Bible studies, the chaplains, the university, they care for another. They lifted themselves up in that situation. They were lifted up. Now, Peter said, from what Pastor read to all of us, be holy because I am holy. So God is calling us into a different realm. He, he's lifting us up. He's saying, I want you to be holy because I am holy. I want your life uh, to reflect me. And we are called to a high standard as God's, God's people. Now, the, let me just share with you sort of a universal truth. Low expectations always means low results. If you have a coach that has very low expectations for, for the team, I'll guarantee you the team will live down to it. If you have a teacher who has very low expectations for their students, I'll guarantee the students will live down to that. This is a universal truth. When you have very low expectations, you get very low results. It's true in life, whether in the military, in the workplace, in relationships, in school, in church. When there's low expectations, guess what you usually get? What? Low results. I really don't care. Likewise, another universal truth is high expectations even what? results. So in that Kennebuan um, camp, uh, the American officers and the American soldiers had high expectations, and they lifted each other up, um, just like you were, like, like when you won a trophy or, or you won a, uh, a victory, you were a champion, or you, you succeed in college. High expectations usually means what? High results. So that's the truth. But I'm going to go push that a little further. There's a greater truth. High expectations with no support equals frustration. If you have an over-demanding boss or over-demanding teacher, over-demanding coach, and they don't really give us support that we need, it'd be it'd lead to a lot of frustration. Just like at that Ketabuan camp, if the officers expected this and didn't give support, there'd be a lot of frustration. And let's go to another greater truth. High expectations with high support equals what? High results. That's right. The Maumee River rises and falls with the support it has. A lot of rain, a lot of tributaries, a lot of creeks, it rises up just like you and I do. We become better pastors, better teachers, better servants, better musicians, better professionals when, when there's people there who lift us up. And so our Lord calls us to that. Uh, so as our Lord has risen from the dead, he, he lifts us up that we can be holy too. And so Peter says this, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. As Jesus Christ himself is the standard, he is Lord and God, he's the, the risen victorious Lord, he calls us to be holy in all we do. He lifts us up to some very high standards. But once again, he just doesn't leave us out there on a limb. He, he rises up our river. 
And God gives us high support, high expectations, and enables us for high results. Now, what does that look like? What does it look like for us believers? A risen Lord, He has high expectations for us. He gives us high support. What does it look like? Well, we are just short-term strangers here. Um, I think in today's text, it says we're exiles here. We're familiar with the hymn, I'm but a stranger here. Heaven is my what? Home. So we're called to make each day count. The Latin phrase, carpe diem, seize the day. This is the day the Lord has made. We rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Matthew tells us in the Sermon on the Mount uh, that we're never to worry about today. Live today. Uh, take care of today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Live in today. That's why today is called the present. Um, today is a day of salvation. So make every day count. What can I do by God's grace to make every day count? What else does that look like? Well, we are bought with Christ's own blood. Uh, by a lamb without blemish or spot. The perfect Christ gave a perfect sacrifice for us that we might become perfect, that we are declared perfect in front of Christ, in front of God. So, so we remember that we've been lifted very high. Um, we're righteous, we're redeemed, we're called, uh, we're sinless. What else does that look like? Our faith and hope, we believe in God who raised Jesus from the dead, and we believe that one day we will be. Um, he is in high place, and one day we shall be as well. And... Finally, we were born again of imperishable seed, the living, enduring Word of God. Now, a regular seed, and I'm sure that this spring we're all planting seeds in our yards or getting ready to plant or we bought flowers. Those are just earthly seeds that lead to earthly food. But we have the enduring Word of God that lifts us up spiritually, that is eternal, that brings us hope. And so what that looks like is that we're tied to God with that. So in summary, Dr. Martin Luther said this, our life and our works are to be a reflection of the great gift God gave us, the death of his son. So our lives are to reflect, since Jesus gave all to us, our lives are to be a reflection of that awesome gift given to us. Now, if I pick you up and give you a ride, you'd be thankful. Um, if you're maybe down and out and I loan you some money, you'd be very thankful. If you have a kidney that doesn't work and I gave you a kidney, you'd be all the more extremely thankful. If a loved one has a heart defect and somebody dies in a tragic accident and donates their heart to a loved one, there's an eternal, there's sort of a great thankfulness to the person who gave that, and there's a bound bind there. As Christ has given everything for us, he has lifted us up. He calls us to that our life might be worthy of what Christ has given to us. Works are fruits and signs of faith, and God judges each according to such fruits. These works must certainly follow faith that others publicly see whether there is faith or unbelief in the heart. So our high results are simply a reflection of the high input that God has put inside of us. Since I've been following that World War II motif, I, I remember watching Saving Private Ryan. You ever seen Saving Private Ryan? And it's about, it's about a... a, a a brother who lost his other three brothers in battle, and they want to make sure that he's able to go home to his, his family. And so, so there, there's a unit there. There's a platoon that's sent out to rescue him, and they do all they can in the midst of the battle to save his life. And Captain Miller organizes it, and he leads the charge. And toward the end of the movie, he's fatally shot, and he's dying. And he realizes that um, Private, Miller, Private, Private Ryan's going to be saved. And he looks at him, and he realizes he's going to die, and he looked at him, and he pulls him close and says, now earn this. In other words, earn this, not in the sense that he has to do something to make it up, but his life now that's saved, may his life be very worthy of the lives that were given that saved him. It's not so much earn it, but 
I want you to live a very decent life because look at all the lives that were given to spare your life because of a great sacrifice your parents made in losing three sons. And so what, what Luther is saying to us as believers is that our lived hope in Christ is a reflection of the living hope we have, and it should, it should be equal to that. Remember, once again, you give someone to your ride home, they're very grateful. If I donate a kidney to you, imagine a tie and the gift that's given. Imagine someone who gave a life for us, like in Saving Private Ryan. And so it's reflected in very, very real ways, in reverent fear. Um, I believe what's changed in American society is that we no longer have a fear of God. Not, not to be afraid like the, uh, like, like the cowardly lion and the, and the tin man and, and you know, Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, not that type of fear, but a fear that God is awesome, that God is powerful. I think we as a society have lost that. Live life in a reverent fear. You're God, and you're awesome, you're wonderful, you're almighty, and I realize you give me everything, that sort of fear. And also, purify ourselves by obeying truth. This is truth. You know the Ten Commandments, keep them. This is part of high expectations, high results, high input. And finally, love one another deeply from the what? Love one another deeply from the heart. Love is action. Love is just not a feeling, love is action. I'm somewhat touched uh, during this COVID-19 that there's a lot of companies that are willing to donate profits to assist one another. Uh, one thing I'm touched with is I see how now there's a greater appreciation for frontline healthcare workers and doctors and nurses on the front lines. Um, there's a willingness to say, if you need something, here it is. I heard about a rest area, I believe it was in Iowa, so that's sort of a shout out to my Iowa friends that they, they, once in a while, they offer free lunches to all the truckers who stop at the truck stop in the rest area. So love one another deeply from the heart. Pure, obey the truth and love one another deeply from the heart. Why? Because Christ was crucified and he rose from the dead that we might have eternal life. And our works, enabled by Christ, that's what it looks like, purified and love from the heart. Because a river never rises above its what? Yeah, if, if I hang out with people who are troublemakers and cuss, Chances are what? I'm going to be a troublemaker and cuss, okay? I learned that from a small kid that wasn't a wise move, okay? If I hang out with people who love and care for one another and people who love and care for me, chances are I'm what? When I come to church and I'm listening to this and I hear God's word and I have daily devotions and God's word, the living seed, is input in me that I'm lifted up. A river never rises above its source. So here's the thing that Jesus says. When I throw seed into good soil, it produces produces a hundred, maybe a thousand times greater than what was thrown in. So here's a blessing. Our sources, our works, our what? Living with Christ. Why? He dumps into us. He flows into us. Our forgiveness of sins, absolution, great hymns, messages, Bible studies, devotions. He lifts us up and those works, that love flows through. So we who are born to living hope have a lived hope. That's a worthy tribute to, to Christ our Lord. So how about this for a closing thought? So it sort of binds all the thoughts together. Can you read that with me? I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me, I'll remain in them, and they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.